Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeong Haseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Asen Wasatman. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangade. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. What if you could live to be 120 years old and remain active, healthy, alert, and vibrant? Our bodies are made up of cells that are constantly rejuvenating. So if we take proper care of ourselves, we can literally defy aging. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to learn about self-cell care from Susan Essentials on the Female Solution Blog Talk Radio Show. Learn how to help your body and yourself feel rejuvenated each day through proper nutrition, sleep, frequency medicine, and many unconventional methods of self-care. I'm Jody Susan. Join me and my amazing guests by calling in at 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak. We'll help you achieve a breakthrough in your health today. Well, good morning, everybody. And welcome, Andrew. Uh, Oh, it's Calhoun, right? Do I know you? Yes, that's that's, that's how I say it. I think I do know you. I'm silly Billy today. Um, so Andrew and I are going to be um, together on the show today uh, until 8 o'clock. At 
Robin Wheeler is coming on from Take Back Your Pussy. Um, and she will stay with us until nine o'clock. So I want to welcome everybody um, to the show because this is really, this is a really great topic. And for those of you that don't understand what taking back your pussy is, sorry for the crudeness. It is the name of the book. Um, it means, look at the P, peace of mind over peace of man, right? Unapologetic attitude self-love, self-esteem, and the why is your vision. Written by a girlfriend of mine, Robin Wheeler, who I used to work with. And the day I met her, I thought, hmm, want to be friends with her. So, and she hadn't even spoke yet. <laughs> that was just the energy that she gave off. So before we do that, Andrew and I, we're thinking, how can we complement what Robin is teaching? And Rob and Andrew, you were thinking about the video from Dr. Don G. Martini. Tell us why. Right. So Don D. Martini is a is a genius. He has a lot of great things to share, and there are many many uh, lessons uh, that are even available online at, at no cost. And I encourage uh, people to go and take a look at Dr. John D. Martini's work. This particular segment, which is pretty short, talks about uh, a different way of looking at, uh, at life, kind of in choices that we make. And it, and it boils down to uh, we make decisions on a daily basis for what is in our, our best interest or our highest good. And what that looks like is that uh, even if, let's suppose, um, I, I give, I'll give you a personal example. I had to fill out an expense report. Now, I knew it was going to take a little bit of time to do, but there was money on the table. I, mean, I, I, I was owed money, and I knew I had to do it. As soon as I submitted it, I could get the process and get paid for what I was worth, what I was due. My highest good is always kind of making sure other people get, get, get what they need. And I've served and helping out other people it makes me happy, and it certainly makes them happy. Uh, but that got in the way of me filling out my expense report for, oh, I don't know, a month. Uh, so I didn't get, I haven't been paid for a month when I should have been. Uh, and so there's where it was, I was doing good things for people, but I wasn't doing what was in my, what, what I thought was in my, what I should have been doing because I had something else trumped over that. There are lots of ex examples of that. And Mark, uh, we talked about a few of those if uh, you want to get into some of that well so so oh there's a feedback so what's the um trade-off like yeah what's the trade-off when we do that so if the trade-off um oh, ask me a little bit more of what you're looking for sure sure so when we so we're there's always like a sacrifice there's a trade-off there's something we lose um, or something we gain um, when we sacrifice one thing for another, right? So for me, let's see, um, you know, a lot of times I, I sacrifice joy because I'm doing something for somebody else, you know, or maybe I, and I get to be right 
right? I get to be whatever. Like that's a different scenario. Like I get I get to be righteous because I'm doing something that oh I shouldn't have been doing that to begin with, and I'm giving up myself. And <sighs> yeah, there are trade-offs. And going to another example uh, that Dr. Martini brings out, and it's relevant to anybody listening. Uh, his example is uh, one spouse was unfaithful to another spouse. What does that mean? What does that look like? And it's because the one spouse wasn't fulfilling the other spouse's highest needs. Now, I'm not making a value judgment on whether that's right or not right. But what it looks like is uh, not necessarily being with another person uh, on, on a deep relationship basis or sexual basis. Uh, one partner could be cheating the let's say husband and wife the husband's cheating the wife on time because he spends so much time at the office he doesn't give the time he needs to grow the relationship or he's giving so much time to the kids that he doesn't get to grow the relationship with his wife or he's giving time because he goes to sporting events goes to poker games whatever he does but he doesn't spend enough time with her and she needs the one-on-one time and so her highest good is being with him and spending time with him, but somehow his highest good is lost there. He makes, he feels good. He feels like he's giving to some people and his kids appreciate his friends appreciate his work appreciates it, but someone loses. Like you said, there's a, there's a trade-off. Right. And then trade-off in that situation is the, the relationship suffers. You know, why don't we watch that video? Let me just pull that up for everybody. It's six minutes. It's really, really cool. Um, let me uh, pull that Chrome tab. And the title of the video is Understanding Betrayal, Cheating Affairs by Dr. John D. Martini, who Dr. John D. Martini is a world-renowned behaviorist. And I'm going to give him the entire screen. There we go. And I'm going to play that for everybody. Because you just discovered that your boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse is having an affair. And you go, I can't believe this is happening. You're shocked. And then you are trying to deal with that and you don't know what to do. Can I share with you some really enlightening ideas that will make it a little different in your perceptions? The first thing I want to share is that there are no affairs. You're probably thinking, what? And if you're feeling like you want to label them a cheater, uh, I want to enlighten you on something, because I think it's going to be real, really amazing if you get this. Everybody lives according to their highest values. Everybody lives by a set of values, and they always live by their highest values. They're only committed to that. Anytime you expect somebody to live according to your values, what's important to you, and not what's important to them, you're going to feel betrayed because they're not committed to you. They're committed to fulfilling their values. And if they're in a relationship to you, it's because there's some utilitarian purpose and you're somehow fulfilling some of those values. If they do not feel their values are being completely met, whatever part is not being met, their eyes are going to be open looking for ways to fill those needs, fill those values. People are never committed to other people. They're committed to their own values. So if there's any time you think somebody betrayed you, they didn't. Betrayal is not what somebody does to you. Betrayal is what you do to you by expecting them to live in your values 
and not theirs. Let me give you an example to put it in context. Let's say you're dating somebody or married to somebody and they promise that they're going to do something to you and um, all of a sudden or do something with you. And all of a sudden you find out that they changed their mind and something else came up and they decided to do something different. You feel betrayed. You can't trust them. They're not being integral. They lied to you. And you feel like they're having an affair with something else or you're, you're not thinking that you're important. You got to realize that every decision a person makes is based on what they think will give them the greatest advantage over disadvantage, greatest reward over risk. And in any moment, if something comes along in their life, even though they said they're going to do something, but if something comes along and they believe that there's going to be more advantage doing that than disadvantage, more rewards than risks, they will literally go and do that. They're not going to do what they originally said. And the same thing in a relationship. If they feel that the rewards and advantages of doing something are more than the disadvantages and risks of doing it, they're going to go do something else. So if they're having an affair, as you call it, or they're cheating on you, as you call it, they're just simply trying to fulfill their values. There's nothing wrong with you or them necessarily in the equation. It just means that they're trying to fulfill their values. Now, if you want to reduce that probability, here's what you can do. You can empower your own life because you want to make sure that you're the best opportunity they can get. That means you got to give them more advantage and a disadvantage, more rewards than risks, and communicate in their values and fulfill their values. If you do, they're not committed to you. They're committed to fulfilling their values. And if you do that, they're going to stay with you. They're not going to have the affair, as you call it, because they're just a human being trying to fulfill their values. Now, if for some reason you feel hurt by their action, here's what you can do. Ask a simple question. How did it benefit you? What's the benefit you're getting out of them going off and being with somebody else or doing something else that you've labeled the affair that you feel was cheated and you feel betrayed by? How does it benefit you? When the benefits of that are equal to the drawbacks, you're not hurt. And then you could ask, if they hadn't have done that, and they just did exactly what you fantasized, and you lived and continued in your fantasy about how they're supposed to be, what would be the drawbacks? If you do the drawbacks of the fantasy of how they're supposed to be, and the benefits of what they actually did, you'll calm things down, you'll wake up and realize that they're human beings with sets of values, and so are you. And when somebody thinks and lives in kind of a storybook fantasy that once we got that ring, now they're supposed to always be loyal to me, again, you've missed the plot. That's not reality. Reality is that they're a human being with a set of values trying to fulfill their values. If you help them fulfill their values more than anybody else that comes along, they're not going anywhere. But if you start forgetting that and have an affair with the children, means you're putting energy on the children and not them. Have an affair with your fitness, means you're working out and not giving them attention. Have an affair with your own business, because you're working on a business and now not being focused on your spouse. Affair with your family, your personal indirect or direct family, or maybe your spiritual quest, or some other area of your own life, maybe your education. They may feel that they're not getting certain values met and they're going to find something else to fulfill them. Look at the cause effect in your own life and don't blame somebody and don't think that they cheated on you or had an affair on you. Go find out how it served you and know that they lived according to their values. And just know that somewhere in your life, whatever you see in them, you're doing in some other form. You, they may be having a fling with somebody else to fulfill a value. You may be having a fling with your children to fulfill your values. Look at where it is, own the traits, find out how it serves you, and don't sit there and become a victim of your history. Be a master of your destiny. If for some reason you don't grasp everything I'm saying, even if you listen to this a couple times, listen to it again, and if you still haven't got it, uh, come to the Breakthrough Experience. I help people every weekend. 
I mean, every weekend I have people that blame people, think they were had somebody cheated on them, having affairs. That's a weekly thing we see in the right experience. And I show you how exactly how to solve it, how to dissolve it, how to wake up to a reality of how human behavior is and not feel betrayed, not feel cheated on, and actually see it in your advantage. In some respects, you may find out that the very person that they had the fling with may be working for you and helping you along your journey. When you do, you'll be thankful and move on instead of victim of your history. So come to the Breakthrough Experience and I'll show you how to transcend this illusion of blame and victim mentality associated with things of this nature. So I think um, it's one of the things I really like about what he says is about being a victim of our history versus a master of our destiny. What do you think about that? Uh, I agree. So I think... Uh many of us i would even probably say most of us uh go into victim mode sometimes and before people say oh, that's not me think about when you uh feel as though somebody's powering over you or you feel as though uh you're not getting your voice heard or you tried your best and nobody recognized you uh and that's that's where you the you get into the poor little me, why isn't somebody paying attention to me? And there certainly is some truth to the importance of being recognized for the work that you do. However, uh, the victim mentality doesn't serve anyone because the victim mentality goes into defense mode where you put a, a wall, you go to silence maybe, silence or violence, and you're not uh, being a committed partner as you wanted the other person to be to you. So with with victim mode, Jody, that's um, it's a it's a danger that we fall into, and where we feel as though uh, it's it's about appreciation. And one of the things that's uh, easy, not easy, but a step, a way to get out of victim mode is to believe in yourself. So self worth, self respect. So if a person doesn't appreciate what you did, you're confident that you did your best. You're confident that you communicated it. The fact that they can't see it is bad on them. And that doesn't, so if you, if you're strong in your beliefs system and you're strong in your self-confidence, you can get less of this victim mode on top of yourself. Yeah. And so for people who are in a situation where others are not recognizing them, I'll share that the practices that I started probably almost uh, 10 years, nine years ago, eight years ago, as I asked, I looked in, literally looked in the mirror and I asked myself, can I look myself in the mirror with what I'm saying and what I'm doing? And if the answer was yes, if I could sleep at night and I stopped worrying about what other people thought and I stopped being a victim about it. Um, and that's, so the things that we're talking about today are huge. And these don't change overnight. Um, it really takes a mindset, sh like a shift in your mindset. And, um, and I, 
and grateful, Andrew, that you're here to share the male perspective, as Naima has stated as well. well let's let's talk about um, action items, Jody, if you could, because you've you've got a lot of training, you've and you've got a lot of worldly experience uh, to share. So if uh, somebody I think that the self-respect and self-worth is such a huge thing. And I think that Robin's going to talk a little bit about that when she comes on. Um, it's, it's something that I think is missing. It, I think everybody suffers from that. Even um, a big executive or a superstar, they find that they don't have that, the self-worth. Um, so I, I work for Amen Clinics. We work in brain health. And uh, one of the things that we do are 3D brain scans, brain images, to look at uh, areas that are either under active or or, or active the brain and find solutions to uh, to work to get those more into homeostasis. And you'd be amazed at how many uh, celebrities, I only know some of them, how many big time celebrities that everyone would recognize will come into one of our clinics and say, Nobody likes me. I want to fire out. I know one likes me. Like these are people with millions and millions of followers, but they feel as though, rightly or wrongly, people don't love them for who they are. People don't respect value what they've got to give, and so it doesn't just mean a person. It doesn't. It mean it affects everybody. People you would think at the top of their game, they still have a question. Uh, they they have self confidence issues, believe it or not, and they question their self your self-worth. So what are some things that you think that, um, that we could do for, to manage that or to work on some exercises maybe to work on self-esteem or self-worth? So that's a great question. Um, exercises to work on for self-esteem and self-worth. Well, I think the very first thing is that if you find yourself, it's not an exercise, it's an action item. If you find yourself around people who don't love you for your flaws as much as they love you for your greatness, and they can't find the greatness, walk away. Uh, it's, it's a tough thing, so that, that that's wise. And so it's uh, what's challenging is that you may have people uh, in your life now uh, you may have gone through a transformation as I have, as Jody has, and continue to. Uh, Naima, who's on on the call, a lot watching, I know she has. There are Robin Wheeler who will come on later. She has people who, when you make steps up and you realize you need to leave the past behind, leave people who don't appreciate where you are, people who want you to be living in that old self because they serve them or it's comfortable for them because they they knew that old person that you used to be. Even right. if it wasn't your best self or your highest self, or as John Martini talks about, your your highest good or serving your highest Even if you, you weren't doing that back then, it's something that they became accustomed to and they were they worked well in that system. Maybe it served their needs, even if it didn't serve your needs. So it's hard to either you, you work with people and maybe there's a you turn away from these people maybe it's for a certain period of time uh, for them to get to know the new you and to help to respect the decisions and the different course that your life is taking that could be family 
could be uh, it could be close friends who were close to you in that um, maybe there's there's plenty of examples of people who um who oh. fall into the traps of substance abuse or addiction and they are able to rise up out of it. and people who are in that mix of uh, of that no longer serve their needs and so to try to to stay in the higher vibration where you where you've risen and also keep ties with those with that other old life is a challenge and it's probably not sustainable so if well, you can help your, others, these other they, people rise up great but they say you cannot heal where you became sick that's but people do have you heard that before I have. You, you, you need absolutely go go with that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you, it's not possible. But in the other thing, the 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 antithesis of what you said. So I want to have people see both sides for a moment. So Zelda Robinson, she's our Monday. You know Zelda. She has the Monday show. She's our talk show host, and she's an amazing woman and amazing friend, and I love her dearly. So she was here, as you know, and doing training on the BOD. And she spoke about when she was basically enslaved, right, picking cotton. And uh, I'll see if I can, I don't think, I, I, I can put the video in the text. I wouldn't be able to find where the clip is on that video. But what she said was, this man said, well, that, she, she brought the amount of cotton that she did, and the guy the master will call him said what this little girl that's all that's all the cotton that she picked right she's not going to amount to anything so he actually served a purpose he said she couldn't do it she he said she wouldn't amount to anything but look at her now it's one of the greatest lessons there, Joe, uh, that we, uh, hopefully we, everyone uh, listening can relate to this of a time when we're put down and someone tells us you're not good enough or you can't do it. And you have a big choice right there. You can either accept that or not accept it. You can either say, uh, I'll take what seems to be the easy way then, but it ends up later on not being the easy way, which is, which is not fulfilling your destiny, not not working hard towards something. Uh, when I had uh, a traumatic brain injury as a 16 year old, I was at the top of my game, and then I then you know lots of things happen when you're in a coma and you come out of that. Lots of things change, and guidance counselors told me you're lucky to be alive, which I was. God saved me uh, from 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 death for what what happened there. But they said, you know, you just just take lower, easier classes, ease back into life. And I thought to myself, this is my junior year getting ready for college. I can't take a year off. I don't have that luxury. So if I'm going to fail, it'll be on my terms, not your terms. And so it, it was a hard year. We worked hard and, and I had a lot of support and, um, and love of God and was able to to struggle and, and overcome and struggle and overcome. And we all can think of stories where we struggled and overcame. But the key thing is not to give up. And whenever I talk to people who are traumatic brain injury survivors or, or chat with them online, 
and they say if you're not better within the six months that's about all you're going to get absolutely not you can continue to grow decades later i'm living proof of that you can make improvements decades later uh, and so whether it's that or whether it's coming out of the cotton fields you do not be enslaved by emotions or opinions of other people or, or don't be enslaved to the past yes right but here's the thing had zelda not been told what she was told that she wouldn't amount to anything had you been had had people not said that you couldn't do something it wouldn't have inspired you maybe you know everyone's made up differently it perhaps may not have inspired you to say yeah i don't think so i'll do this anyway and i'll do it on my terms and zelda and so these 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 comments these people who are making other people wrong right or not good enough actually served a purpose for a point a moment in time okay but we don't need that anymore because you you've been a, you've been a success you've been a great success zelda is a huge success right i mean like all these people these people rose up so we don't need that message anymore it's a low vibration so that's when you rise up and the people that you say hey i'm not tolerating this behavior anymore when they when they realize that you're not going to tolerate that behavior anymore, they may be, disappear for a short period of time. They're going to need the time to process that information. And if they truly love you and truly want to be in your life, guess what? They're going to show up again on your terms. Yeah, yeah they're, they're going to rise up with you. They're going to come back later or they won't be a part of your life. And it's a sad thing to think that there are relationships that that I had that I kind of was my my normal. It wasn't a good relationship, but it was my normal and kind of figured that was the way it was always going to be. And then you, you, I and other people, you can you rise to a certain level and you think, I deserve better than this. And I don't uh, I can do better than this. They um, you know, my new level, then I'm going to turn and walk away. And if they want to come back to me, uh, I'm not going to go back down to where I was before. But if they want to come up to me, then sure, we can start that relationship again in a different, on a different, different level. Well, um, you know, um, this has been, I mean, we're going to go to commercial and, uh, and then we're going to bring on Robin Wheeler. Uh, who's in the green room right now? And uh, and actually, Robin uh, and you have not met, have you? I mean, you've talked over the phone, I think, maybe. Yeah, we haven't met in person. I don't think. No. Yeah, this is going to be a fun ride. I know you're you're wearing a necklace that she gave you. This looks like. Yeah. So I guess before we go to commercial, uh, because I'm going to need time to wipe my tears. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about this necklace. So I was disabled. I was reclaiming my health. And uh, I was learning about essential oils and all the oilers had this necklace. 
And I got off a of disability and I went to work and I met Robin and we became friends. And that was March of 2017. And Robin, can you hear this? Not if you can't, okay. So um, I always wanted this necklace, but I really didn't have the privilege of buying it because I was disabled and I didn't have the money. And so I, I just, you know, make sure people can see this. It's a tree of life and it has all the stones for keeping a balanced chakra. And in Christmas time, we were heading out Friday uh, after work. And she goes, hey, you, the way that she does. And she goes, you know, I have a present for you. And I said, well, I wasn't expecting that. And um, she gave me the necklace. And of course, I just busted into tears because I'm a blubbering fool. <laughs> And uh, she goes, well, yeah, I was at the store and something just told me it was you. Something just told me it was you. And I thought, well, gosh, that was God talking to you, Robin. How else would you know that I wanted this exact necklace for years? That was God working through you. And I always knew the moment she walked in, to the room when we were in training class that day, that she was a bright light. Um, and uh, that December, like, well, if I had any question about it before, I was clear now. <laughs> so anyways, we're gonna go to commercial. <laughs> I wipe up my face and we're gonna bring it to Robin. <laughs> Good. All right, so let's see here. We go here to banners or brand. Here we go. Hi, I'm Jody Susan with Susan Essentials. I started Susan Essentials in 2015 because of a personal health journey. I was over medicated and put on 19 different medications. And yes, I reversed all my chronic diseases using plant and energy-based healing. It was amazing. At Susan Essentials, we support both consumers and businesses, and we do that with helping your employees or yourself with a food as medicine mindset. How Susan Essentials supports businesses and consumers is we teach people about a food as medicine mindset. So we support people on how to support their own immune system, how to support their brain health, how to support their emotional well-being. And we do that all with plant and an energy-based healing. Okay, and here comes the radio version of Viata's I'm Beata, your holistic life coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. 
You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com, where you can also review my three protocols to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm your Well, welcome, Robin. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hey, Jody. Hey, Andrew. Robin. So, Robin, um, do you possibly have two mics open, two speakers? Not to my knowledge. Why am I getting, are, are you hearing feedback on my end? Yeah. And then uh, you your beautiful face. So, huh? you'll have to also research Okay. Uh, yeah, well, actually, we'll do that too. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Now, I don't know about the feedback because I only have my one, I have my laptop and my phone. Huh? Seems to be working now. Kind of. So, kind of. <laughs> kind of, sort of, a little bit. <laughs> um, We'll work it through. Um, and Andrew, you didn't change anything on your end, right? Because I know I didn't change anything on mine. No, I just I just opened up the link and it, it brought me right here and it tested the mic and the camera to make sure it was working properly. But that is it. Okay. So, can you can do it? It's echoey. It is a little, but we'll be good. Um, so, first of all, Andrew Calhoun, meet Robin Wheeler. Hey, Andrew. <laughs> heard a lot about you. Uh, and I've heard a lot about you, Robin, having a bit of traumatic, traumatic difference in, uh, in Billy's life and a pivotal point in her life. Oh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad I could impact somebody's life <laughs> in a positive way. So, well, you, you do, right? And... Um, there was actually, I was, you know, uh, reading more of the book. I actually, I haven't finished it, like maybe 10 pages. Oh, yeah, but, that's okay. It's a process. <laughs> yeah, um, on page 33, I know I'm kind of getting ahead of the game, but I just wanted yeah. to share something with you. Okay. So, first of all, before we do that, why don't you tell people what inspired you to write the book, Take Back Your Pussy? And what does that mean? Although I heard that this morning, but you know, let, let's let's let people uh, in on the secret. <laughs> right, I know, because so many people. Uh, it's so funny. Like when I talk about the title of the book and I say "take back your pussy," and so many people are afraid to say the word "pussy" because of what it generally means. <laughs> and I get it. And I, you know, when I, um. When I was thinking about what I was gonna call it, um, it just popped up in my head, and I was like, "Okay, that's a little <laughs> brazen and blatant." But um, uh, but then I I said, "I was like, well, I was like, well, there are so many negative connotatives and words that we or that people use on an everyday basis to describe women." And I was like, you know, what if we could flip that somehow? Like, what if we can take a word that is generally used in a negative context and then flip it 
and since it's about us, why not, you know, change it and use it for a positive? I mean, it's not a literal term. So, I mean, I figured we could do whatever we want to do with it. So, um, so pussy means peace of mind over peace of man. And um, that was very uh, intentional um, because a lot of women struggle in relationships um, and uh, they get, you know, caught in relationships or caught up in relationships that are not, um, you know, that are not great relationships for them and don't really empower them and relationships that don't really support who they are or who they want to eventually become. But they put those relationships, they value for a variety of reasons. And I mean, I go into some of that in the book and that's kind of what the book is about. Um, not really, but it, it's, it touches on that. It all kind of culminates together. Um, but, um, you know, they put those relationships with either a significant other or, you know, a job or, you know, even a church, you know, over their own worth and value and health and wellness and all those other things. And, um, you know, they they don't understand the impact that it eventually has. And sometimes it doesn't show up right away, but eventually it has an impact in their lives. So, um, you know, peace of mind over peace of man is definitely um, something that I wanted to touch on because, you know, I've seen women in stay in bad relationships or try to get out of bad relationships or, you know, live in bad relationships for a long time. And um, they have absolutely no peace of mind in that. Um, and then the U stands for unapologetic attitude. Um, and then uh, S is for self-love, the other S is for self-esteem, and then the Y is for your vision. And so that's what pussy means. <laughs> Robin, I stayed for a long time, which wasn't serving my highest good. I, I um, was changing and partner wasn't changing and really down to, you know, if we got married, you said you were going to do this and I was going to do this. I said, well, that was, a, that was 25 years ago, and things have moved. Things have changed, and we need to change our relationship. And that she didn't want any part of changing relationship. She was okay where she was, and and and, that, and I I couldn't stay with that. Uh, but it's tough. It, we were Jody and I were talking about before you got on, or probably you were in the in the green room, talking about having to walk away from certain relationships because you've evolved and they haven't, and you got to move on. And sometimes it's really hard. And Joey was sharing some of your book um, with me last night and this morning even. Really powerful. You're a great writer. You put some things into uh, make your brain think. Oh, thank I hope, you. I hope Joey will share a few of her of the things that she highlighted uh, in the book. They're good. I know, Robin, you probably talk, your, talk people's ear off about that book, but for good reason because it's, um, <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I've been married, and I, I, I talk about it in the book, I've been married three times, you know, and yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, the first time I got married, I was like, yeah, well, the first time I got married, I was really super young, shouldn't have got married, I was only like 21, I think, and just really wasn't even mature enough, you know, but um, to your point, Andrew, um, you know, if you are like I, um, 
Um, good morning. <laughs> yeah, for to your point, it's like um, I where this book came from, and that was one of the other questions Jody asked. Like, where did it come from? And that's basically um, a pretty big part of where it came from because um, what I realized, I remember just to tell a short story, I was at work one day and um, I was sitting around with a group of my peers and I was always like a top producer. And so I was sitting around with a couple of my peers and um, oh my God, my battery is low. I'm so sorry, why is my battery low? <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, one of the girls I was sitting with, she just out of the clear blue sky just burst out and was like, you dummy down. I said, what? She was like, you dummy down. I was like, what do you mean I dummy down? She was like, you you dummy down. You dummy yourself down to make other people feel comfortable. And so basically you don't come off as knowing more. You have, basically, you know, you know a lot of stuff, but you dummy yourself down to make people feel comfortable. So they don't feel intimidated or uncomfortable because of what you know. So you told me I dummy down. Oh. To make other people feel comfortable. Were you at that time or not? At the time, I didn't see it. <laughs> but uh, going back to the Andrew's comment, what I realized is um, when I came out of like this last marriage, and I start reflecting back because the other thing that, you know, and I talk about it in the book is you taking back power, you taking back your power is you taking responsibility for your own life and you owning everything. Like the good, the bad, the indifferent, it's nobody else's fault. Like, you know, you, whether we like to want to admit it or, you know, care to admit it, you are the, com the only common denominator in all these breakdowns that are happening in your life. And so, so we don't like to hear that. Right. So that's the part of our existence or that we don't like to hear because who wants, like really who wants to believe that the reason why your life is breaking down is because you are sometimes your own worst enemy. Like nobody wants to believe that because it's so much easier to point at this person or that person and say, well, they're the reason why I didn't. Or if they had done this, then I could have. Or if they hadn't have done this, it would have turned out this way. Or why didn't they do this? Because if you had done this, then I wouldn't be in this situation. When the reality is, is that it's your life. Like it, it is your life. Like, um, and the, the thing that, you know, I had to come to terms with, like when going back, and looking back was like, I'm the only common denominator in these breakdowns <laughs> that are happening. Like these are all different people. Some of them are, some people know each other, but you know, some people are completely unrelated. They don't know. Oh no, wait, you cut out a little bit. Hold on. So you were saying some people are, you're frozen. You're frozen. Ah, okay. Come back to me, Robin. Oh, they've never seen each other. Oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Okay, you're freezing. Okay, so let's see. I'm going to take you in and put you back out. So put a remove, add to stream. 
We'll take a second. Sometimes a quick reboot does it. So hold on. Ah, well, let me just say this. She, is she powerful <laughs> with love, compassion, and joy. Let me tell you, at least we can get her back in the stream. Hold on. Okay, so while we're waiting for Robin to come back into the um, into the show, actually, I'm just going to do my little shamanic thing. So uh, when your technology doesn't work with you, sometimes you can ask your technology. Welcome back, Robin. I'm just going to do something real quick. So when your technology is not working with you, uh, you can you see me. Yes, we can hear you, but I'm going to do something to support the show for a quick moment. It's my okay. shamanism thing. So, um, source spirit guides, please come in. Ah, so Robin, it is you that has two mics open somehow. So you may have two screens open on your phone. No, I'm on my laptop. I'm on my laptop. Maybe a phone is on. So can you hear me, Robin? Okay, we can't hear you yet. So you need to look to see if there's multiple tabs open on your computer because that could be why you're having the feedback. So look if there's more than one tab open. Or if there's something on the phone. Uh, she says she doesn't have her phone open. Okay. So look at if there's more than one tab, close off all the other tabs. Oh, we have two Robins too. Hold on. <laughs> So there we go. So I'm taking, so there's needs to be one of those screens. That you put up. Okay. Let's try that. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? open otherwise I wouldn't have you twice on the screen oh Robin maybe you have two stream yard um, a links open. See if you have two two StreamYard links. There you go. Okay. Now there you go. All right. Thank you, Naima, for helping us figure that out. Okay. Yeah, because when this when I thought I had to come back in again in order to because the screen went blank, I was like, "What happened?" It's all good. It's all okay. good. So yay. <laughs> okay. So um. 
So Vienna uh, mentioned uh, oh, she, said she missed the, the meaning of pussy. <laughs> okay, so um, so pussy means peace of mind over a peace of man, unapologetic attitude, self love, self esteem, and your vision. Awesome. So mm -hmm. Okay, so now let's go back to what you were saying. You were. You, you yeah. like, yes. basically well, your talking about Andrew. Yeah, well, Andrew, the statement that he made about you know growth and um, you know people not wanting to or being unwilling to move with you, and I feel like it's always like that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that I don't think that people always have bad intentions. Like I think that when you sit down, well. That's the other problem. A lot of people don't sit down and they really don't um, identify, you know, what their values are and how that correlates to the other person. And one of the things that I realized, like, you know, just, you know, going through this process and really having these conversations and meditating me and God kind of just going through this process together. And one of the things that I saw is that a lot of times we have all these general terminologies that we use on an everyday basis, but very few people actually take the time to break down or sit down when you're considering getting married or when you're considering dating or when, when you're considering going into even business relationships, you know, or with uh, organizations like what does that mean to that person? Like, for instance, uh, if you say wife, Okay, for you, Andrew, a wife may be someone who stays home, cooks the dinner, doesn't work, takes care of the kids, you know, volleyball mom, you know, and that may be your interpretation of a wife. Well, when the, uh, the person that you're dealing with hears the word wife, in her mind, she might be like, yeah, I keep my nine to five. You know, we eat uh, sushi on Tuesdays and Thursdays and then, you know, on Mondays and Wednesdays, we go out for dinner. Like, I don't cook. You know, we have kids <laughs> in the responsibility. I'm not going to be the only person going to the basketball games and the volleyball. You know what I'm saying? But that's a general term wife but if you don't sit down and quantify that like okay what does that mean when you hear that word like what's your interpretation of the the responsibilities of a wife because you may sit down and realize that your interpretation of a wife and perception and her interpretation is two worlds apart and when you don't have those conversations and you go ahead and get involved in a relationship or get married, you're wondering why there's all this breakdown. It's because you all are in two different worlds. Y'all even you're not even on the same planet. <laughs> well, Robin, right, and, and there, you could have been the similar on a similar planet, same planet when you got married, uh, or you came together and you had similar goals and visions, and then said, like I said earlier, things changed. And you if you don't have that strong conversation to find out what has changed because it was okay raise the kids that's great now the kids are teenagers and maybe exactly. the husband's like maybe the husband's like i don't really work my weeks. maybe you can get a job and i can spend some more time with the kids now and, and she said well that wasn't what we talked about we, that was 20 years ago honey it was 20 years we talked about that it's time to have a new conversation and and, and sometimes people can't whether it's couples or even if it's a business relationship you, your, your boss has some idea of where you were when you got hired. 
you're rising up. And he says, well, that's not what you got hired for. Yeah, but we've been, I've been here five years and I'm ready for the responsibility. And that's when, if the supervisor isn't smart about that, that employee will leave to find where they can fulfill their highest value because they don't have that, that important discussion you're talking about. And that's true. And that, that was the other, um, um, yeah, easy marriage and prepare you for a better future. Okay, yeah. And this is uh, the people who are listening. Yeah. Can, can you share the lessons you learned with each marriage that prepares you for better future relationships? And while you guys are talking, I'm going to turn off my tower garden. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that was the other part. That was the second part I was going to go into uh, with Andrew was, um, you know, if you are, um, and this is actually uh, related to the question as well, and then I'll backtrack on some of, some of uh, what the question was, but um, when you're progressive, like I, I'm always looking for that next level. Like I'm always looking to better myself. I'm always looking for the next level. I'm always looking to see what I could do better, how I could be better, how I can impact people on a different level. And when you have that progressive mindset and you're constantly pushing forward um, and you don't have someone that is progressive with you or at least as supportive that's pushing with you or at least understands the vision that you have for yourself that they can support you in then um this goes back to what i was saying about the dummy down thing like what i found myself doing was suppressing myself in ways so i could fit into these relationships but um I have this this saying that I always I always have say this like the real you is eventually gonna show up. Right. <laughs> whether you whether you, whether you want it to or not, you the real you is going to come forward. And so for me, what was happening was I was dumbing myself down, you know, as my friend at that time said it, and really suppressing myself. And then not realizing that just to fit in these relationships. But what happens is because I am who I am, um, eventually I start to expand again. You know, I can only hold myself in that that position so long before I start to contract. You know, I start to expand from that contraction that I was in to try to fit. And now once I start to expand back to who I really am, what happens is now you see like you really start to see the distance that you put in between yourself, not even trying to. And that person, you know, because that person is not progressive as progressive. And then you are starting to expand naturally into who you are. And so you look back and you realize that it's this distance, you know, and you turn around and see like, OK, come on. You know, you slow down. You know, you can't stop because then you stop your own life. But, you know, you try to slow down and be like, hey, let's go. Can you keep up? You know, um, but after a while, if you're in a full sprint and the person ain't even jogging, <laughs> they just but, you know, and I and I get it because, you know, I was having this conversation with uh, someone a couple of days ago is that people are even if they hate Sometimes even if they hate, 
Um, the real you is eventually going to show up. Yes, yes, it is true. It really is true. So, and what I found, what I've realized about people is even if they hate the relationship they're in or they hate their job or they hate, you know, their church or they hate what the organization they're in, people, people accept being uncomfortably comfortable. So they they hate it, so they're uncomfortable in it, but they're so comfortable being un, being uncomfortable that they won't move. They're so like, Rob, even in an abusive relationship, you get used to it. Maybe it doesn't have to be physical abuse, it could be uh, you know, mental oh, abuse. And yeah, you get, used, you get used to like, well, maybe you start to think maybe I deserve this, and you don't deserve it. So you start feeling like Maybe I did something that was uh, I should have done better, and I deserve being yelled at. I deserve being put down. And it's not you shouldn't you shouldn't see that. Two things: one, it's eight o'clock, so I need to go to a quick commercial. Sure. Secondly, you inspired me to look up this video that I love. It's a minute and fourteen seconds, and it's okay. about being uncomfortable and growth. Uh huh. He has such a great analogy, and I think I know Andrew likes it, but I know you're gonna. Okay. All right. <laughs> so let me just do a quick two short commercials here. Okay. And um, the next one, the next commercial is not till eight thirty. So uh, let's just do uh, this one. The place of peace pop pop up from Susan Essentials. You are able to increase productivity, mental acuity, leaving you with higher energy and peace in just twenty minutes. We pop up at our office or yours. All right. And then for Zelda's, you know what? Um, I will uh, Oh, man. God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sun is really expensive, especially during the season. I probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our home? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456 and schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456. Okay, so we're going to play this video. What we can learn from lo- from a lobster about stress by Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tversky. Here we go. A lobster is a soft, bushy animal that lives inside of a rigid shell. That rigid shell does not expand. Well, how can the lobster grow? Well, as the lobster grows, that shell becomes very confining. And the kind of the lobster feels itself under pressure and uncomfortable. It goes under a rock formation to protect itself from predatory fish, casts off the shell, and produces it. Well, eventually, 
that shell becomes very unfolded as it grows back under the rocks. And the lobster repeats the stimulus for the lobster to be able to grow is that it feels uncomfortable. Right? Now, if lobsters had doctors, they would never grow. Because as soon as the lobster feels uncomfortable, it goes to the doctor, it's a valiant, it's a percocet, feels fine. It never comes off its shell. So I think that we have to realize that we have to realize that times of stress are also times that are signals for growth. And if we use adversity properly, we can grow through adversity. Okay. So let me just pause that first and um, stop the sheet So what do you think about that? <laughs> Oh, it's 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 so true. It's so true. The that's I I I feel like that's one of the biggest problems that's ailing people right now is that you know uh, we live in a society where it's all about pleasure. Like everything is about pleasure. Everything is about feeling good. Like, and nobody wants to experience any displeasure. Nobody wants to experience any pain. Nobody wants to, you know, be uncomfortable. And, um, we want to have this fast too, right? Don't forget that. We want to have it right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like and right and the instant gratification. Let's mix all that up in there, and it's a recipe for a hot mess. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, which is basically what we see going on right now. Because <laughs> Robinson says, I think Robin just described codependency when they're comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And and you know what what I and it's what makes it um I feel like what makes a lot of this stuff even more challenging is, and I was having this conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago. Um, because you have the other people around you enabling that behavior. Ooh, my other favorite word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have the, you have other people enabling that be behavior, um, and so and then they're like, "Well, I don't know why they act like that." Well, because you allow them to act like that. Like you don't you don't see that you're enabling that behavior. Like you're pacifying them. Like in this way or in, in this particular way, like the reason why they continue to do that is because you're always there to pat them up, make them feel better, pacify them, bail them out, whatever that looks like. And so they never get, ex at, at, you know, the biggest thing that I feel like people are, especially some of the younger people, is that they don't, they don't understand consequences. So oh, you, you, never, yeah, you never allow them to feel the pain of their consequences and the impact of making a bad decision now. And so no, it's not too soon. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'm sure we talk the same language sometimes. Though. <laughs> so yeah, that, that that's what I was just getting at. You know yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um so I, 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 you know, and it's, you know, it's disempowering and that's basically what it is. You know, it's really disempowering and, and people don't realize that they have relinquished their own power, you know, by allowing certain things to transpire in their lives. And, um, you know, they're just on autopilot every day, just going through the motions 
and um, they don't even realize they're just in this this tunnel. You know, they're just in this tunnel. So, you know, my- you get then you you wake up and say, "How did I get here? Well, how did this happen?" Well, as you say, you're walking down that tunnel. You didn't realize it was getting darker, and all of a sudden you couldn't see. And you say, "How did I get?" How did it get so dark in here so fast? Well, it wasn't fast. You just didn't rec- you recognize it along the way. Right. Well, and that's the, I always, you know, I used to say this like years ago and it still applies like, and I used to use it in a medical sense, but it applies in our, you know, in our daily lives, just in just life. We always say all of a sudden this happened. Like all of a sudden my back went out or all of a sudden I, you know, I sprained my ankle or all of a sudden, you know, I got this toothache. No. It actually wasn't all of a sudden. Now you may have felt it all of a sudden when it hits you, but generally most things are by progression. Like things just gradually progress over time. And then, um, you know, we don't deal with those things. I, I was talking, um, I had, I did like a table talk a few weeks ago and it was called everybody doesn't have issues. And so, you know, we always, we always, does not does not have issues. Okay. Right. And you know, because we always hear the saying, you know, everybody has issues. Well, you know, every you know, you're in the conversation, you're talking to your girlfriends, and you, you know, you discussing discussing something or someone or something that transpired, and you know, people just throw it out there. Well, girl, you know, everybody got issues. And um we hear it so often, you know, it's certain phrases that are, are so uh, cliche that we don't really even stop to consider, like, does that even make sense? <laughs> you know, because we hear it so often and then we say it ourselves and we never really think about what it means. So I was on the phone with a girlfriend of mine and she ended the conversation with like, girl, you know, everybody got issues. And so I was like, yeah, I know. So I hung up the phone. And when I hung up the phone, it was like, it just didn't sit right with me. Like, it was like just sitting on me. And I was like, okay, something is not sitting like right. Like, what's, what's going on? And I heard this so clear. Everybody does not have issues. Does everybody have life challenges? Yes. Does life happen to everybody? Yes. Do people go through things in life? Absolutely. But everybody doesn't have issues because everybody does not sit on the hands of their life and just let things happen. Some people are very proactive about their life. So when something comes up, they deal with it immediately so that it does not become an issue. So everybody doesn't. Yeah, everybody doesn't have issues. You have issues because what we were talking about, that progression thing, we get we feel something that's going on. Okay, we just always okay. Then a year later, two years later, four years later, 10 years later, that's all progression. Then all of a sudden, oh, my God, my back went out. Okay, it it just happened all of a sudden. No, you felt that pain like 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? But because we are we are not proactive and we're so reactive, not just with our health, but with our overall life, we're constantly reacting and responding to things instead of getting ahead of it, you know, or, you know, owning your power and, uh, you know, setting your life up in such a way where, you know, the outcome is success. Now, I mean, everybody has breakdowns. That's um that's not uncommon. That's normal. Maybe. 
She says, maybe everyone gets triggered often. I don't know. Um, I don't I, think so. I don't, I don't know if people get triggered often. I do believe that everyone um, has triggers, but that's also a part of you being proactive about your life. And that's part of you taking back your power when you start going back and what I call facing yourself up, you know, and asking yourself those hard questions. Okay, why did that make me feel that way? Okay, how come when this person said that, I felt like this? Or how come when this person did that, it offended me? Or how come when this happened, I, I, I you know, I got this reaction emotionally? Like there's a reason why. And so when you start peeling that stuff back and getting an understanding of where all that came from in the first place, now those things that were initially what we call triggers, they can't trigger you anymore because I am consciously aware of it. I know where it came from and it's no longer an issue for me because I am proactively dealing with whatever that is that used to make me feel this way or used to make me react that way or used to make me think that I was less than or used to make me feel like I wasn't good enough or used to make me, you know, challenge my self-esteem or challenge my confidence, whatever those things are, because that's all in you. That's all that's all on the inside of you. Like I used to have people tell me I've made them feel intimidated. And I mean, I I love people. So it used to bother me. Like it used to really hurt my feelings. Like I'm not trying to intimidate anybody. Like, you know, and I have felt what I know what it feels like to feel intimidated. And it's a horrible feeling. And I don't want to ever make someone feel that way about me. And, you know, years ago, uh, it was some years ago when someone had told me that and I felt so horrible. I'm, and I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm always like, what did I do? What did I say? I haven't done anything. I haven't said anything. And it's like, God. Has but here's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I get that too. So let me just share this. Ten people are in a room, right? And they all see you. And they have a different perception. They all have a different reaction to who you are. So the moment you walked in the room, I didn't have any intimidation. I had pure love for you and inspiration to do more. Now, the person who is not willing to step out of their comfort zone, you and, and quite frankly, I will show up as intimidating. Our very being has them have to look at who they are and know that they're more and they're not willing to walk. Make sense? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's the thing. And that's the, that's the thing. It's like, whether it's you supposedly making someone else feel intimidated or whether it's you feeling intimidated by someone else, the bottom line is that that reaction really has nothing to do with the person who you feel intimidated by. Thank you. That is that reaction is on the inside of you because there is something that is lacking in you. 
Like I've ha- I've had people intentionally try to intimidate the crap out of me. But if I refuse to be intimidated, like I'm not moved. I'm not right. moved. I'm not shaking. I'm not. I'm not intimidated. I'm not. You. You don't. You don't have that type of reaction on me. And I know that they were trying to intimidate me. But if I'm not, as they say, if I'm not the intimidating type, good luck with that. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's my. So that's my thing. Like you know, but it's on the inside of you. Whether is you feeling intimidated by someone else, or whether someone's saying they feel intimidated by you. The reality is, is that that breakdown or that lack is on the inside of you. So now you need to take a step back and be like, okay, why did I feel intimidated? Or what is, what made me, cause it's not that person. That's you. You know, what is it on the inside of you? In other words, speaking out truth, trigger. Go ahead. Yes. And in other words, speaking of truth, triggers or intimidate others to deal with their own insecurities? Yes or no? What do you think? Um, I don't think it triggers them. Uh, that's a great question. That's a really a great question. Um, I don't think it triggers them to deal with to deal with their own securities, insecurities. I think it um I think it brings forth something that I think is it brings forth something that they it, it it unveils something about them that they don't like about themselves. So does it create self-awareness maybe? It it can if the person is willing to become more conscious and aware of who they're being. But let me let me give a perfect example. It was a reason why people hated Jesus. <laughs> Amen, sister. And you know I converted. Right? Well, well, I use him, I use him one because I'm I'm a believer, but also um even if you're not a believer, and I've had these conversations with people like, well, I don't believe in that. And 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 I don't a lot of people get offended by that. Like, I don't get offended by that. Like, if you if you're not a believer, then that's okay. And but then my then my next question becomes, okay, even if you're not a believer and Jesus was so smart in this, he was like, Okay, even if you don't believe on me, believe on me for the work's sake. Okay, you ain't got to believe that I am who I say I am, whatever. But do you see this good work that I'm doing? Like, what what is it like? And that's what I ask people. Okay, you don't have to believe on Jesus like he's he's a savior. That's that's me. I believe that. I get that you don't. But what about him in everything that you read or anything that you know about him, name one thing that you would not want to aspire to be like. Right. Just him as, just him as, a, in a, as a person in flesh. But that's why they hated him. They didn't hate him because he was doing, a, they hated him because he was doing but all these great miracles. But why they hated him was because he exposed their hypocrisy. Right. And that's the thing. His truth exposed their hypocrisy. And so that's what they hated about him. 
not because he wasn't doing great things, not because people didn't love him. They hated him more because they were hypocrites and he was truth. And anytime truth comes in, just like she asked. So yes, it, it can, it, it can expose insecurities, but more importantly, what it exposes, truth always exposes hypocrisy. And truth, you can, truth, you can kill. Like you can bury it. You can try to, you know, deny it. You can hide it. You can put it away. But, you know, 20 years later, here's something called DNA. And now we, you see what I'm saying? Like, you know, it may be something that has been hidden for a hundred years. And then all of a sudden here's truth to uncover it. So you can't hide truth. You know, and it exposes people like I I was in a conversation uh, last week and the gentleman, um, we were on like this. Uh, I quoted you. Oh, OK. <laughs> oh, so the gentleman made a comment because we were talking about uh, relationships and it kind of, of course, came down to infidelity, cheating you know, whatever. And so the gentleman said, well, everybody cheats. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> he was like, whether they want to admit it or not, everybody cheats. Da, 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 da. So he's going on this rant. And I, you know, I, I, I love to be in these conversations because what happens is a lot of people get offended, you know, and they get upset when they hear certain comments. For me, it's just more information because I like to know what people are thinking, you know, and where they're coming from, because I want to be, I want to know how I can add to or impact whatever is being said. So when he made the comment uh, and they were talking about relationships specifically. So what he was saying was, it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody cheats in relationships. And so I said, well, I said, I agree and I disagree. I said, you're stating that we all have the propensity to cheat that yeah, that we all can go out and cheat. I was like, I absolutely agree with you. I was like, we all have the propensity to do that. We all have, can make that choice. I was like, absolutely yes. I said, if you're making the statement that everyone eventually acts out on it, I absolutely disagree. <laughs> yeah, so- we played a video with uh, Dr. John D. Martini, mm-hmm. and he was talking about cheating, and it wasn't just about like having a sexual relationship. Um, Andrew, do you want to kind of describe what Dr. John was talking about? When he sure, really, really, really quickly. Yeah, Robin, before you came on, so one of the, it's, it's people, talk about a, a man and woman, uh, and the man will say, I haven't been um, cheating on you, and she says, you're cheating on me with the time. You spend time with your work buddies. You spend time at who's been with the kids. What about my time? You're cheating me out of the time that, that we should have together. So it's not just a sexual thing. She's not She's not getting what she needs. Right, she's unfulfilled, yeah. Yeah, and, that, and, that's, and that's a whole, that's a whole nother something. But yeah. Is, we actually have a caller, 312-809. So I'm gonna take the caller and we're gonna hear what their question is with you, okay? Okay. okay. All right. Let me take that. Okay. Yeah. Good morning. Is this Naima? Good morning. I was going to try to write this. I didn't speak too much. Three. Perfect. I'm just say it out loud. 
Wait, what? Uh, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to address um, what had been said on the video in relationship to the guest thing about um, people being intimidated. Uh, the reason why people hate Jesus. And it comes down to jealousy, which is really a person's own feeling of inadequacy. Oh, absolutely. No one can cheat on you because you actually, and what the point Andrew was making about you know, someone saying, uh, you're cheating me out of time. Well, we all own our own time. We can choose where we want to spend that time, and no one owns the right to our time. So the idea that people have that you're you're spending time with someone else or or spending time doing someone else that's supposed to be my time, that's their own delusion that you belong to them and your time belongs to them in order for them to not feel inadequate. But their inadequacy is inside of them. And you're not responsible to try to fix that. It's the same thing. If you go out on a date with someone and perhaps uh, maybe the guy is in the, and, and the girl, they're there at the table and the waitress comes by and, you know, maybe the man's eyes kind of follow her because maybe she's pretty and then his date gets angry. Are you looking at her? Well, so if she's attractive, how is that affecting you? How is that offending you unless you feel unattractive? And then. I didn't make you feel unattractive. That's what's happening inside of you. So I'm supposed to not see or act like I don't see or act like I don't appreciate someone else's beauty because you feel unattractive. And that's the struggle with a lot of women who feel unattractive. They're highly jealous because of their own sense of inadequacy. Same thing with a man. You know, if, if a woman is, is friendly and nice to another man, if he's feeling inadequate, He'll get jealous. Oh, you're flirting with this guy. No, I'm just smiling. I'm being myself. You know, if he responded, well, that's maybe he found me attractive. But what does that have to do with you? That's not taking anything from you because someone else finds you attractive. But you're dealing with someone else's internal feelings of inadequacy. So the idea of someone cheating on you or being jealous because they may cheat on you or what you believe is cheating, it's you want someone else to keep you from feeling inadequate. They can't keep you from feeling inadequate. Only you can keep you from feeling inadequate. And only you can resolve, like I just said about everybody having issues. If in your life, someone has made you feel like you are unworthy of love and that feeling keeps coming up every time something happens, you got to deal with the root cause of that feeling and not make other people responsible for keeping you from feeling that feeling that whoever calls you to be love from you or whatever happened that made you feel a fear that you're vulnerable, you got to get to the root cause of your Well, so Naima, yeah, so actually Robin talks about, Robin talks about this in the book. So on page 104 of the book, Take Back Your Pussy, <laughs> Society we live in promotes recklessness and way of life, void of any consequences. It even lends to the illusion that you are out here winning when, but what it fails to disclose is what you lose in the process and what you lose in the So peace of mind and the most precious commodity you 
success, peace of mind, unapologetic attitude, self-love, self-esteem, your vision. But he goes on to say, she talks about her the Do I believe I deserve to be loved? And I think we all struggle with our life. We have a deserve level. What is our deserve level about wanting to be loved? Like, do we think we do, are we lovable? You know that. You know, do we think do we think we're lovable? Um, there's something funky we might have in What's your mic? Oh, do so you think it's my mic? Yeah, because you, you, yeah. I, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay, because you're kind of going in and out a little bit, Jody. Interesting. I can still understand what you're saying, but you are kind of going in a lot a little bit. So um, was that Naima that was on the phone? Yeah, it is Naima. Go ahead. Okay. So um, so um so I uh, I agree with you on on some things and then some things I so I I feel like you know, and, and I guess because at one time I was so extreme and and uh, probably even a little rigid in what I thought was like right and wrong. Like this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is bad. And what I learned over um, over the course of you know going on this journey with um, with myself and with God and really. Uh, discovering who I was is that um, it's predicated on the agreement that those two people have. Like I may look at a relationship and be like, like, like that absolutely would not work for me. Like I couldn't do it. I couldn't be in a relationship like that. And that's only because I know myself, but that relationship between those two people works perfectly. It works perfectly. Like neither one of them take offense to each other. Neither one of them, you know, get upset or angry, you know, over certain things. But that is the type of relationship. So I think, um, I think it comes down to, um, uh, you know, and and to me, it's so. And I say it in the book. I was like, I don't understand why we as human beings make things so much harder than they actually really have to be. (laughs) Um, Because it really is not as complicated as we think. But that's the reason why I go back and forth. If you read the book, I go back and forth between the 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 practical and the theoretical, because in theory, it just sounds so easy, but then obviously pr- the practicality of it couldn't be as easy because we have so many less people. So my point is, uh, I guess this is the this is the mo- the mantra of my life anyway. Since I was a kid, treat other people how you want to be treated. You know, and it's not hard, like. Would you want someone to do that to you? No. Okay, well, if you wouldn't want someone to do that to you, and I put it in the book, if you are about to make a decision or you're about to do something or you're about to say something, you know, if you stop and say to yourself, would I want this person to say or do this to me or someone that I love? 
and the answer is a resounding no, then you probably shouldn't be saying it or doing it to somebody else. And so I'm, 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 I think you should be some context around that. And I think you're right, this is my mic. So um, we have to put some context around that because if- well, that's the point I was about to go into what the, the context was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was talking about the comment that Naima made um, as far as like relationships and dating and people feeling um, uh, like, you know, you they own your time. I don't I don't necessarily feel like. Well, let me put it like this. I don't think people necessarily feel like they own someone's time all the time. And I don't necessarily feel like people that want someone else's time or get offended uh, if they're out with on a date with someone and then the man looks at someone else. That doesn't necessarily mean that the woman that they're with, if the woman gets offended, that she feels unattractive. I don't think I think that's the case sometimes. I don't think that's always the case. I think it's just a matter of respect. You know, and will you and would you want that person to do that to you? Um, you know, I'm sure most of you have probably read it. It's the five love languages. Yeah. And so everybody has a different like for me. My absolute love language and I know this is quality time. It absolutely 100% is. You ain't got to buy. You ain't got to buy me no gift. You ain't got to. You know. <laughs> you know. We ain't got to. You ain't got to gas me up and tell me how beautiful I am. You ain't got to. You know. You ain't got to do any of that. But whether we're friends, whether we're in a romantic relationship, or even if it's my kids. I am a quality time person. So eventually I am going to want some of your time. Now, you know, the other person, and that's where a lot of times, and I think I talk about this in the book, that's a lot of times where we see the breakdowns in relationship because we really don't understand one another's love language. You know, Andrews may be, you know, uh, words of uh, adoration. You know, he may love someone to tell him, oh, baby, you're doing such a great job. Oh, I really appreciated you. You wouldn't wash the car. Oh, look how, you know, that's a love language. You know, he may want, he may not want anything. You ain't got to cook his dinner. You ain't got to clean. All he wants you to do is basically acknowledge him for the things that he does. That's a love language where somebody else's love language may be, Oh, they don't feel loved if you don't give them flowers every now and then. How come you didn't bring me flowers? How you went to the store and you didn't buy me a gift? Yeah. So everybody is different. So if someone is requiring or feels like they're being deprived of time, I don't think that's necessarily uh 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 what am I trying to say? Uh uh a breakdown in that person per se, I feel like if you're in a relationship, I mean, I guess for me anyway, and everybody is different. So I'm just making this for me. For me, I don't see the point of being relationship in a relationship if we can't spend time together. Like what's what's the relationship about if we're not spending even in a business relationship, eventually we're gonna have to talk business. You know, even in a business relationship. So 
But I just, I think it just all depends on the individual or the person, and it may not feel like be that that person is feeling inadequate or they don't feel like you know they're worthy. It just means that maybe really that person is not giving them that time that they need in order to feel like they're in this relationship, and you know, so it's just like I mean, I mean, we all of this is like sex. I mean, who wants to be in? Who wants to be married? To someone, well, maybe some people do. Let so let me let me back that up. I I absolutely like. I know people that are married and they're young. They're like in their you know in their fifties, like, and they don't have sex. It ain't gonna happen over here. Like, there's no way that we are gonna be married and then we can't, unless it is something physically wrong with you. Like, if you have like some type of medical condition, okay, then we're gonna have to deal with that, talk about that, figure out how to make that work. But if we, if both, if both parties are like physically capable and just like for whatever reason, there's no like there's no intimacy in the relationship and I'm not even just talking about sex I'm talking about like intimacy yes like forget about it like I, I but that's me but some people live like that and I got friends that I know type of and 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 if it works for them and they seem cool with it I'm like okay cool but in my mind I'm like no but that's me. You know, that's me. So, you know, and I don't think it's anything wrong with me or there's anything lacking in me because I want that intimacy. I feel like if we're in a relationship and we're married or we you're my significant other, then that's a natural byproduct of us being in this relationship or us saying we have the feelings that we have for each other or us being in love. I feel like some things are just a natural byproduct of that. Like if you say you care about somebody or you love someone or you're in a relationship with someone, then why wouldn't you want to spend time with them? And now to Naima's point, there are some people who absolutely, which is, once again, that's what the book is about, to help people be able to sift through. Um, <laughs> you play too much. Who is this? This is my, my, another host. Her name is Vietta Robinson. Vietta, you play too much. <laughs> Uh, let me take a sip of coffee for this. <laughs> um, I ain't down with it, <laughs> but, that's, but that's me. So that's a, that's one of those things. Well, hold on. I'm just gonna say, uh -huh. Andrew and I have a deal. Uh -huh. If you listen forward walks into the room if who Harrison Ford oh you all over here Jody yes there you go right Andrew so what well let me put it like this Andrew she 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 gotta be able to take it if she can dish it out right <laughs> who's yours Andrew <laughs> superstar 
Close to the vest, Joe. <laughs> um, wait, wait, what? I said, when when that special, beautiful supermodel walks in the door, you'll know it. You'll know it. Right. I'm good with what I got. I'm good with the one I got right now. Right. Wait, what? I sound good with the one I got right now in the house. Me too, Jolly. Me too. Me too. <laughs> right. Well, um, all day long. Love you all day long. With your flaws and your greatness. Right. So for the polygamy part. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I feel like that was... She said LOL playtime. Right. So... Um, that was one of those things that I just felt like, like one of those things like years ago, I thought that was so wrong, so bad. Oh, that's so horrible. You know, I don't see how why men would. Nah. So once again, what I have come to realize is that what won't work for me doesn't mean that it won't work for someone else. So the room. Polygamy's on the table. <laughs> well, and, that, and here's the thing: like, if you and your spouse, your partner, your significant other, like, if you if you both are okay with that, like, if you agree to that lifestyle, then I mean, I guess if 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 you all both mutually agree, then who can say that you're wrong if you both mutually agree to that? You know, right. so that's, that's I, feel like, I feel like it is. I, I feel like it's all in the conversation of what the relationship is, where you want the relationship to go, and what's acceptable and unacceptable for both parties. Like I feel like all of that plays into it. So if the if all parties involved are like, yes, we good. Then, it, then yes, it is good, you know, because who am I to judge whether it's good, bad, right or wrong if everybody that's in, in, involved is in agreement with it? Like, that's you all. Now, for me personally, I have I have come because I have come to realize that I am I really am a true relationship person. So when I'm if I'm in a relationship, then I want that one. I, I, I want a one on one relationship. You know, I want, you know, fidelity in my relationship. I want to give fidelity and I want that reciprocated back to me. So I ain't down with that. But everybody, like I said, everybody is, you know, to each his own. And uh, yeah, well, that's I, heard, I heard a knock at the door. I thought I might be Harrison Ford. I didn't go down there and check on it. <laughs> it wasn't him. So. It wasn't him, man. Well, lucky I for you. Look, good thing for you. <laughs> it was Meryl Streep. She was here for you. You was about to get booted out, Andrew. <laughs> so Meryl Streep was at the door, right? right. She was looking for some booty. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I love a good laugh. But oh, yeah. Andrew, anything you want to add to that? Other no, than Harrison wasn't there? No, that, that, that brings things to a point. We, we just told each other this morning, Jody, that uh, we can make each other laugh all day long, every day. And that's something you got to have in a relationship is you got to have a sense of humor. 
You got oh, sometimes it's, it's making you all laugh, and sometimes it's laughing at yourself when you're standing. It's not as serious as you might think it is. And that's the truth. That's the truth. I laugh at everything. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. You know, it's funny when um, before I uh, met Andrew, Robin, I created this vision board about like all the different things that I want, including him. And I had not met Andrew yet. Um, and but I wanted a man who would make me laugh. He makes me laugh. So hard, I pee my pants. And it really comes into play as a problem when I'm not wearing pants. problem, Jody. Too much information, right, Andrew? All right. <laughs> yeah, so if you're wearing a skirt or whatever, it's just, yeah, I'm just saying. You're so yeah, silly. Yeah, right, Jody. You've had enough already. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, Andrew, like, he is so flipping funny he's just holding back oh i'm sure uh, do do not be fooled oh, no i'm sure i'm sure for sure i wanna uh you know i wanna go back to the book for a moment because there was something that I read last night that made me cry, and I won't cry. Please, please don't cry. You already cried once today, Joe. I know, but I can do it twice. But I think that when I read this, I walked into Andrew's office, I said, God, I go, Robin's my sister. She's my sister all day long. Because you wrote this, Mm -hmm. um, phrase on page 33 and a you we're talking about um how if we give up and so forth that we let people win right yeah mm -hmm. you on 33 you say quote warriors have only two choices get better or die, or die. that's or it die. Uh -huh. why this resonated with me on such a cellular level, mm -hmm. when I was looking like this, right? Which you didn't know me at that time, but I was 234 pounds and I'm on a cat, but I can't move, and I got periodic paralysis and whatever 19 other different conditions to remember is what they are. But what I remember was that's, I think, when I became the warrior because of like my life's not moving. This is not how the story is. Right. And so when I read that about what you wrote, I was like, yeah, you have a choice to manifest, to live in the past, or to manifest your own destiny. And I don't care how F up you think that your life is, it can't be much worse than mine. I mean, Disabled, no income, sitting on the couch. Oh, and by the way, my landlord wants to kick me out because he acquired the building, right? We have a new building. So he's kicking everybody out, right? And I had to find a place to live. Okay, so I'm just saying, and, I have, and, I, and I'm not even employable because I'm disabled. I haven't had my disability 
award approved yet. So <laughs> I have no income. And so I'm like, no, this is not happening. I'm manifesting what I want. Mm -hmm. so your set of circumstances, whoever's listening, your set of circumstances, I'm sure, are different than, than mine. And you may feel that they are worse, and maybe they are. It doesn't matter. You still got this. You still got yeah. This. yeah. And well, and, and that's the whole thing. Like, you know, I, I think I think what what I hear you saying is you chose to no longer be a victim. Yeah. And Pretty so much. yeah, and so um I, I I that is that is that for in my opinion, that's like a turning point for you know for people who do want to take their lives back and i talk about in the book i talk about having a a victim's mentality because uh, a lot of people do have that mentality as if everything is happening unto them you know and when you have that mentality it's it's, it's disempowering you, you because you're allowing Every situation, every circumstance, every decision that someone else makes to impact you. Like, so you're allowed, you're literally leaving yourself at the mercy to all these external factors that, you know, I'm just being honest, nine times out of 10 don't even have your best interest at heart. Like, they could really care less. And so when you do that, you know, you 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 feel helpless and you feel like you don't have a choice and you don't have a way out and you don't, you know, but that's part of you taking back your pussy is you taking back your life. Like you refusing to know to be a victim any longer and you developing that warrior's mentality where, you know, like. I am, I'm, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. Like I'm taking, like, you know, you refuse to give your power to people who, and, and I, and one of the, one of the epiphanies that I had years ago is um, how I was doing all this stuff and really serving, like serving other people, which I honestly had no problem with like I love to serve I love to give the problem that I had or was having was that the people that I was serving were literally like making my life a, a living hell on earth and I could not understand why you know, because I was giving my all, like I was giving my best, I was giving my all. And, you know, I had to take a step back and I had to realize that, you know, when you you have a responsibility too, and we always put this on other people, but it's okay for you when you're talking about serving, when you're talking about um, even as a husband and wife or in, in a relationship, when you're talking about submission, when you're talking about all these other, you know, things that we talk about in relationships, whether it be a romantic relationship, whether it be on your job and you're serving a certain function and you're working for someone, um, it's your responsibility to make sure that the people that you are giving your power to have your best interests at heart too. 
And we don't think about it from that wise. We don't think about it from that position. But you're when you even as like even as a husband and a wife and, you know, it talks people talk about submission all the time, you know, and, they, you know, the thing that, you know, I guess me coming from a religious background, that's all I heard. The wife is supposed to submit. The woman is supposed to submit to the man. Well, OK, yeah. But the scripture says submit yourself one to another. The other side of that go is that what what I had what God had to show me was when you're submitting your when you submit and there's nothing wrong with that you are literally relinquishing your power to someone else in what's the best word that I can use for that um in doing that there are certain benefits that the person who is willing to submit is supposed to receive from that other person that they're submitting to. Yes. Yes. But most people, because we are so here all the times and everything is about us, all we think about is what other people are supposed to be doing up for us, how other people are supposed to be serving us, what other people are, how other people are supposed to make us feel. But when you willingly submit or relinquish your power to someone, there are certain benefits that you are supposed to receive in return for being willing to relinquish your power. So when you relinquish your power to someone and then they start abusing you with your own power, that's a problem for me. (laughs) And that's what God had shown me like, okay, there are certain benefits that you're supposed to receive for being willing to submit. And if someone is, if you're relinquishing your power and then you're being abused with your own power, that doesn't work. So now that's a a break. That's a breakdown. That's a, that's actually a breach because yeah. And so now I can take, I can, I can legally take my power back because you just breached our agreement, so to speak. You just breached the contract. You know, what's an example? Most people don't think of it like that. What's an example of that? Um, either one of you, Andrew or Robin. Well, to me, the, the probably the most Andrew. Did you have a? No, go ahead. No, probably to me the the most obvious one is in a marriage. You know, like when you have certain uh, agreements, because you know a lot of people don't talk about covenant anymore. But really, when you enter into a marriage or enter into agreement, or hell, even if you buy a car, if you read the document, it talks about you being in a covenant with that finance company. Like yeah. you, we're in an agreement together. I agree. So the, 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 you know, cause I don't want to make it all spiritual and all like just about, because you can see this language in any, any business transaction, you see this language, you are entering into a covenant with this company. You are into it. We are in a covenant together, which means that I agree to give you this car and you agree to pay every month on this on this day or prior to for this amount of time 
Now, if I break that, if I breach that agreement, let's say, for instance, I'm late technically or, you know, technically I just breached that agreement because I was late. Now, if it's now it's up to the, the person that I'm in covenant with to say, you know what, it's OK. I forgive you for being late. Just go ahead and make the payment, you know, and we'll keep moving in the covenant. You see what I'm saying? Right, because but but it's but it's really up to that up to the person who got violated in the covenant and who is the finance company. You know, or if you're two months late on on your payment or you're late on, you know, you haven't paid your rent for two months or six months or whatever. It's really there. There can be forgiveness in that. But guess who that means? You can't dictate that forgiveness. You can't say, well, I'm worthy of forgiveness because. So, no. That is a, um, you're absolutely right with the, the covenants. And let me talk about a little bit on, on marriage covenants. And uh -huh. how I was saying things, things change. So oh, yeah. uh, there is a covenant. So uh, the agreement's made. The man is the, is the, is the, is the breadwinner. The, the woman is the, uh, takes care of the, the household, let's say. Black and white right there. Things change. Jobs get lost. Things, people move. And, and things change. You want to readjust that. And they'll say, well, our job was our responsibility were you agreed to be the breadwinner. I was agreed to be raise the kids. I thought that's true. And I still want to maintain that agreement. But we can't raise the kids the right way if we don't have the income to do that. So we need to refine that and, and, and change that agreement to modify it because we both want best interest of our marriage, the best interest of the kids. If we don't have the money anymore because things have changed, we're going to have to modify. So maybe you have to go to work and I have to go to work and we co-parent and we hope we, we share the responsibilities of taking the kids to, to school or taking the kids to sports or something like that because things have changed. So uh, you can still maintain a covenant. You just have to be flexible and, and change oh, yeah. some of the terms. It's oh, like, absolutely. It's like for, going back to your car. You change the terms. It maybe it's a repayment plan. Maybe it's a refinancing plan. Right. Okay, Robin. Okay, Andrew, you had a hard time paying that car bill. Want to, maybe we can push it to the, because I've done this. A lot of people have done this. I want to push my payment to the second half of the month because the second, that's easy. I pay my rent on the first half. I want to say it's the second second pay period. Absolutely. So Still keeping the covenant together, we're just renegotiating some of the terms. Exactly, exactly, and that's the whole thing. And and to your point, that that key word is being flexible because you do because things do change, and and, and that's the whole thing. Like, and that's what I was, you know, when we were talking earlier, we were talking about um um how you know when you go when you set these agreements, you know, technically. Who says um, so it ending in 90 seconds. Oh, sure. <laughs> let, me, let me ask, can you put in the private chat how people can buy your book so I can put it on the um, on, on in the comments? And you have an event on Saturday in Country Club Hill. I am going to uh, reschedule it, Jody, because it's just going to be too much to try to get. Because you know, I'm, I have an event for the book, 
that later on that week, like a few days after that, and I got to fly out of town, and I, I, it's just going to be too much. So if someone wants to get the book, we can schedule it I just put it in the chat. They can just go to lovelipfetish.com. Okay. The, the book is on the website, and um, I think it's uh, 25% off, so it's uh, $15. Okay. Um, and yeah, and so they can just grab it off the website and they can grab some lip products too. <laughs> right. Well, so they, and then we're going to go just a couple minutes over. Uh, I apologize. Um, I guess, uh, I don't know if the ingredient's going to go on its own. So I wear your lipstick, a uh, black girl nude. Uh, yeah. I have the YouTube. <laughs> and I love the fact that it's vegan, it's GMO free, it's gluten free. It's a great color. I put it on and I sent you a kiss. But then I also have still the lip gloss, right? Oh, yeah. That's the way to do that. And <laughs> so here's the thing Robin has a bunch of colors. So if they go to Love Lip Fetish, they yep. can also, yep. also look at the lip products if they're interested in lip products. And the book is on the site as well. Okay, that's lovely. Um, and I need to have you back on the show. It's not like you want to need. Okay. <laughs> Can I come back on the show? What? Can I come back on the show? <laughs> You're in my show all day long. <laughs> yes, always, 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 always. I'm gonna play the greeting, the and or the not the greeting, the uh, thank you for me. But I just, I, um, I feel very blessed that we met. Really do. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you have so much knowledge, and you are such a stand. And you're a stand for others when they don't know how to be a stand for themselves. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. And thank you for having me on. And um, you guys have a wonderful day. And yeah, if anybody has any questions or, you know, about anything, you know, they can always contact me. But thank you guys. Nice how to, do you want to contact you? Um, they can... Um, they can um, inbox me um, or they can um, go to my, send me an email, lovefetishcosmetics at gmail.com. Um, okay, actually, I have that. So what I'll do, so the the, e, the website is right now being displayed. And uh -huh. while we're playing the end page, I will put up your email address. So for those people who want to connect, they can do that as well, okay? Because I have that email right here. So, um, so I will uh, start the we'll do that real quick. We've come to the end of our show today. You can hear every show in the archive at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female dash solution. 
You can also hear today's show from the Female Solutions Facebook page. slash the Female Solutions. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimalatif.com. Watch our TV shows. Listen to our radio shows. Order our books. And be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Shute, India, Zanjabar, Japan, Arunako, Korea, Kampanida, Russia, Spasibo, Germany, Danke, Poland, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Gracias, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Madrasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Nguyenbonga, Senegal, Gareth, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toba, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm always impressed that she can speak. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessing. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.